Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, good morning. It's so good to see you today. You look so great. And those of you that are watching online, uh, I'm just reminded of how important it is that we're able to do this. For those of you that are not able to come yet, we're so thankful. And thankful for those of you that are new guests that are with us today. Please stop by outside at the table uh, where the balloons are and receive a gift from us today. We also have those cups that are available for you if you would like to purchase one. They're the new TFH mugs. Every purchase blesses a first-time guest, so stop at the resource wall and get that. Well, we have one more week left on our um, raise money for our legacy, and uh, our legacy offering this year, we started in November, December, and January. There's four different areas that we're giving, uh, giving to um, upgrading the property here and the things that we're doing, and last week, it's a good thing, last week we had a flood, and my office is flood, and the, and the nursing mother's room is flooded, and the ladies' bathroom is flooded, so it's been chaos around here, so there's going to be a little happening there, and then the new building out back to house uh, the lift and the uh, transportation golf cart and other things to free up space in here. And then for uh, local missions, we've been able to help a lot of people, a lot of businesses, and a lot of local ministries in the last couple of weeks um, at churches. Had a pastor this week say, thank you so much for the money that you sent. It, you'll never know what it meant. It really has helped us. And then national ministries, we've been able to do that, and international ministries, because that you care. And right now, we are hovering at a little over 60, almost $63,000 that you have given, and I thank you for that. So we have one more week. I think it'd be great to just kick that on up to sixty-five or $66,000. Wouldn't that be great? So uh, use your giving envelope and, and do that. It would be awesome. This week is First Wednesday. It's going to be a little different. I'm taking our staff away Wednesday morning for a planning and prayer retreat. We haven't done that in a long time. And so we're going away for uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and coming back Saturday. So therefore, we have Team A teaching on Wednesday night. We have Pastor Roberta that it's going to be teaching Wednesday night. And uh, she and Pastor Ben, uh, Pastor Great Church in California, uh, much bigger than ours. And I'm telling you, she is so excited about this. I'm excited. So bring your Bible, bring your notes. We will not be streaming that service because our team will be away, and so if you're going to get it, you have to be in-house, all right? So it's a good time. Well, you have your Bible. Let's hold it up together, your iPad, your phone, your brain, whatever you have your Bible stored in. Let's say it. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I am obedient, and I will never be the same again in Jesus' name. Father, we come before you today, and we thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you, Lord, that um, a few minutes ago when we talked about people being healed, you even confirmed that with one of our intercessors today with a vision. So, Lord, I just encourage people that you touch today to grab a hold of that and hold on to that. Now, Lord, as we look at the final teaching in this series of the book of prayers, I ask you again, Holy Spirit, to anoint me. 
Let my words be what you want my words to be. Uh, inspire me with things that I haven't even studied or even thought about. And just guard my heart and my words today. And Lord, help us to understand in a greater way uh, how much value that you put on to us communicating with you and cooperating with you in prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. If you open your Bibles today, we're going to go into the book of James, and then we're going into 1 Kings. So if you kind of want to uh, spearhead and get ready for that. I read the story this week about a, a young boy that was praying and kneeling beside his bed with his mother and his grandmother. He was saying his nightly prayers. And he prayed, dear God, please bless mommy and daddy and all my family, and please give me a good night's sleep. Then suddenly, he raised his voice real loudly in his prayer, and don't forget the bicycle for my birthday. His mother reached over and said, son, you don't have to yell. God's not deaf. And he whispered back to her, I know God's not deaf, but grandma is, and she promised me a bike. I'm glad that God's not deaf, aren't you? The devil would like to tell us that sometimes, but he's not. We said that this book is a book of prayers. It's full of remarkable answers to prayer. People prayed and fire fell from heaven. People prayed and lame people walked. People prayed and the hungry eat. People prayed and the death, dead came back to life. This boggles my mind, what I'm getting ready to say to you. God, in his sovereignty has chosen that prayer is the powerful means by which we interact with him and effectively, listen, shape the course of our history. Isn't that mind-boggling? That God is looking to us to cooperate with him as he says, I want you to pray like this. Your kingdom, we're saying, Lord, your kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done. In other words, we're reaching up into heaven through prayer. We're reaching up into eternity with prayer, and we're bringing it down into our history. I wonder how many things are in heaven and are in eternity that should be part of our history, but because we're not praying about it, we're not bringing it down to here. This morning, I just want to remind you that we are touching heaven and changing earth. I mean, think about this. Uh, Jesus feeding the 5,000, right? They didn't have food. They found a boy, had a little McDonald's snack, you know, fish and some loaves. And so Jesus brought that. But they didn't just immediately, Jesus didn't say presto changeo and it happened. But notice what he does. He stops and he prays. He invites eternity into history. He invites God's kingdom, his will, his provision into the history of the people that were there. Now we read it, we say, wasn't that cool? But here Jesus is himself, and what is he doing? He's touching heaven to change earth. And he says, pray that his will would be done. Not my will, not your will, but his will be done. How many of you believe with all of your heart by raising your hand that God has some will to happen on this planet earth? Would you raise your hand? He's got some things that he wants to do. But what we have to understand, I think it's there in your notes, there are two kinds of God's will. There's what we call an unconditional will. Unconditionally just means that God does whatever he wants regardless of how humans interact with him. When we talk about the unconditional will of God, it has nothing to do with us. He decides something and he makes it happen. With or without human involvement, he decides sovereignly, he decides something to happen and he makes it happen. 
In other words, his unconditional will is without us. But then there's the conditional will. There's a lot of things in the Bible that puts us into a condition. A conditional will of God is that many things that he has for us happens as we cooperate with him or we don't cooperate with him. There are, I heard a guy say once, you know, when you get to heaven, the angels will carry you around, take you to your personal prayer room, and you'll see all the blessings that God had for you that never came to earth. And you might say, why didn't I get all these blessings? And the angel would say they were available to you, but you never prayed about them. You never expected them. You thought they would just happen. For an example of God's conditional will is that the scripture says it's God's desire that all men be saved. Do you believe that? But yet you only get saved if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a condition for that to happen. Many things in our life is conditional and it depends on our cooperation and obedience with God in prayer. That's why these four weeks have been all about how do we pray? How do we do that? How do we do that more effectively? So if you've missed any week, let me encourage you to go back to the archives and look at those. So we're going to look today in James chapter 5. We're going to start there, verses 13 through 18. James is the half-brother of Jesus. James' own theology of divine healing um, substantially is shaped by what he saw and he heard in the ministry of Jesus. So look at this, James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him do what? Pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him what? Sing psalms. Wasn't that song, Victory in Jesus, great? Some of us old folks remember that one, right? The hymnal we had, page 266, you know, that was every month, at least once we sang that one. But I like the way they did that. Wow, that was really great. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Notice how many times, underline in your Bible, how many times you see the word pray or prayer. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So what do we learn from this about prayer? First of all, number one, here it is. This is a fill-in. Take notes. Pray for yourself. Pray how? For yourself. There are a lot of people who don't pray for themselves. They get an issue or something immediately. Uh, they post it on, on social media, and it's talking about, you know, how bad things are, how horrible it is, and they don't pray for themselves. The first thing, it says that if you're suffering, pray for yourself. Suffering here would be if you're in bad circumstances, if you're hurting physically, financially, emotionally. So is anybody today suffering? Anybody suffering? So here's what he says. If you're in a rough place, a tough place, then pray for yourself. If life has fallen on you, 
pray for yourself. Learn to pray for yourself. Dads, pray for your kids. Moms, pray for your kids before we grab for the Tylenol, the aspirin, and all those other things. Let's try something novel. If there's suffering in your family, let's start and just pray. Let's pray. Let's get back to believing that God is who he says he is and that he is a healer. So if you're suffering, let's pray for ourselves. I say that pain is an invitation to prayer. Number two, here's another way we pray. Ask others to pray for you. Verse 14, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The word there, sick, in Greek literally means, is there anyone who is weary, weary? In other words, in the first thing, he says, pray when you're suffering. But when that suffering wears on, what does it do? It creates weariness. And we say, I'm just so sick and tired of this. I'm just so, I've heard people say this week, I'm just so sick and tired of this COVID. I'm so sick and tired of these masks. I'm so sick and tired of all this. I'm sick and tired. I heard people say, I'm sick and tired of you. Well, I'm, I'm sure that wasn't one of you, right? But what happens is that it's just we express weariness. We're tired of dealing with something. We're tired. We've been struggling a long time. And he says, if anybody is weary, ready to throw in the towel, you've been praying, but you feel like your prayers for yourself are not getting through. He said, then here's what you do. You call for the elders of the church and they will pray for you. So when your prayers are not getting through, you don't even feel like praying anymore. You've been praying and praying, but you feel so beat down. You, so, you feel so worn down. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to call the church. I want you to call for the elders to pray over you. Call on the elders. So he says, I want you to let the church pray for you. So we're going to be doing something different here on Sunday mornings, uh, right before both services, about 30 minutes before. You'll find out more about this. Pastor Tim is working with the prayer team. But we'll have a way that you can call in and schedule to be anointed and to be prayed for by our prayer team and at least one elder. And so we'll give you information about that. And it'll be before ever service. It'll be 30 minutes before that we're going to do exactly what it says here that we're praying. That's one of the reasons that you need to be part of a local church. You can stay home and you can pray for yourself. But there's something happens when you come and you can be prayed for. So call on the elders. Somebody every once in a while needs to help carry you when you can't carry yourself. Remember in Mark chapter 2, the man that could not walk and his friends, four friends carried him. They got him to Jesus. Sometimes when you've suffered long enough, you just really can't, you feel like you can't get to Jesus the way you want. That's when, that's when it's good to be part of a church. So somebody can come alongside of you. That's why it's important to be part of a life group. So in that life group, they can anoint you. Uh, that, that life group, in essence, there's an appointed people there that are in charge of that. So literally, they could be seen in that meeting that you have as elders assigned by the church to lead in that particular place. An elder doesn't mean that it has to be me or it has to be Pastor Ben or Anita or Tim or Andrea or Chris, but it could be anyone who's in the position that they've been appointed to by the church. It just simply says you need that element when you can't get 
yourself through that somebody will carry you. And here's what it says in Mark chapter 2. When Jesus saw the faith, when Jesus saw the faith of the men, not the faith of the guy, but the faith of the men, he healed them. So it says that they will anoint you with oil. It's interesting here. There are a lot of uses for oil in the Bible. One is we anoint like we do when we ordain or when we come down here and you pray. We anoint you with oil as symbolic of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. But also in this passage, there is a double understanding. Oil was always used for some sort of medicine. When you see oil, it was used to, there was different oils, essential oils, I guess you could say, that were used to rub on an area. So if you really want to look at this verse, it's not only saying, let the elders pray over you and anoint you with oil, symbolic, but let also healing medicine take place in your life. So he's not saying, you know, it's not always just by prayer, but it's also by works, some sort of medicine, something you can do for yourself, some way you can take care of yourself. So often we try to box God in. Listen, if he came up with all these oils, even in biblical times, they would use different oils and they would massage those oils in. I guess that's why I like a monthly massage. That helps me, right? Helps me, and it does. It's proven that it helps you. A lot of people struggling with cancer. My friend Casey Treat, diagnosed with cancer, that there was no hope out. So uh, what he began doing, he took medicine, he had prayer, and he also would rent old movies. He would lock himself in a room because laughter doth good like medicine. He would lock himself in a room, and he would make himself create belly lasts belly laughs. He would go to a chiropractor for weekly adjustments. He would go for a medical massage once a week. And what I'm telling you what happened, God healed him, but he also used all of those elements to bring in his healing. So don't be so narrow-minded that you think God is in one parameter, but there are different ways. So Anoint, we'll anoint you with oil. We're not going to give you a massage when you come, but we will anoint you with oil as a massage way to remind you of those things. Does that make sense? And he says, they pray in the name of the Lord. The Bible talks about gifts of healing, spiritual gifts. It doesn't say gift of healing. It says gifts of healing. The reason, reason it says gifts of healing, because it reminds us that the gifts of healing work through the believers. So we don't have faith healers around here. We don't have someone who says, well, my gift is healing. If you need something, come and see me and I'll heal you. I'll pray for you and I'll heal you. No, when it says gifts of healing, here's what it means. It may be at one time that Vance feels a move of the Lord to pray uh, for Sean and Sean has a migraine headache and so he lays hands on him. At that particular time, he has the faith and the gift of healing at that moment and Sean is healed. Then uh, Andrew comes and says, I hear you're pretty good with migraines. I've got a headache. And so would you pray for me? And so Vance lays hands on him, but he doesn't get healed. And then we say, well, what's up with that? It doesn't happen that every time that one gift works through you, that's why you need to be in a life group. That's why you need to be a part of a church because those spiritual gifts will work when God wants them. That's why we should pray every day. God, we pray for the best gifts today. We pray for your spiritual gifts to work through me. You say, well, I've never heard about a such a thing. Then you need to get in growth track. Growth track happens every first, second, third, fourth Sunday at 11 o'clock, and we help you understand those things so you can do those in your life and it says in verse 15 
and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed a sin, the word committed here, uh, sin, is in the perfect tense, past action with abiding results, which means this. If he's committed a sin and he keeps committing a habitual pattern of sin, then he needs this prayer of faith with others so that he can be forgiven. That's why if you have hurts, habits, and hangups, you should join our Celebrate Recovery group. They meet here every Monday night, Tuesday night, Monday night, Monday night, Monday night. And then very soon you're going to hear about freedom groups. How many of you have already been through the training with freedom groups? Would you raise your hand? You're going to hear more about that. I'm going to tell you, it gives me goosebumps when I begin talking with Pastor Tim about launching these freedom groups because we want people set free. So number three, we're to pray for each other. Pray for each other. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You can't do that on a Sunday morning. Because you don't know who's sitting next to you. You do that in a prayer meeting. You do that especially in life groups. You need to sign up for a life group today. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be less than who you need to be if you're not in a life group. We do that in private home prayer meetings. We do that also uh, in times that we get together for prayer. So let me encourage you with that. And number four, we want to pray effective prayers. Pray effective prayers. We don't want to just mumble as what did she said, wishy-washy or something earlier. We don't want to be like that, but we want to, or was that in the in intercessory time this morning, wishy-washy came up. Don't be wishy-washy. That means, you know, like that. But I want you to pray. How they there's a, there's, a, there's a TikTok for you right there, or tic-tac, whatever you call that, all right? Because I'm so social savvy, right? <laughs> Look at verses 16 through 18. The effective, that word effective there means the uh, energetic, energized prayer. The energized prayer of a righteous man. Righteous means uh, somebody that's pleasing God. Not perfect, but trying to please God. Elijah was a man like us. He had nature like us. He was like us. And he prayed earnestly. In other words, he prayed a prayer, not just religious words, that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And he prayed again, and the heavens opened and gave rain. It says, Elijah was just like you. He prayed a prayer. Now, let's go back to 1 Kings. Uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, I think we'll hang out there, and then I'll also refer to uh, uh, 1 Kings 17. In other words, Elijah is just like you. Because sometimes we put Elijah in a separate category. You know the story of Elijah. He prays and fire falls down from heaven and consumes all the, the gifts on the altar. And uh, uh, the, the uh, priest of Baal are murdered. And he sets up God's worship again. Remember that story? We look at that and we see him in a separate category. We say, oh man, I could never do that. But the Bible says here, he's like us. Same nature. Struggling with some of the same things. So that gives me encouragement. 
So when I read about that, it doesn't say that I can't be like Elijah. I think a lot of times we should try to pray that. Lord, let me be like Elijah. You said he was like me with all the failures. I mean, look at Elijah. He does all of this. And then the next moment, uh, Jezebel, Jezebel says, I'm going to get you. And what does he do? He runs and hides and says, let me die. Nobody else is around. Have you ever felt like that? On the high one time, the next time you feel like just chucking it all in. He was just like us. We need to understand. God is saying prayer is so powerful. And I want to operate that through you. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be like that. It's Elijah was just like you. So how did he pray? How did he pray that's effective? That's what I want to understand. So let's look. 1 Kings chapter 18 verses 36 through 41. And it came to pass at that time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and that I have done these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifices and the wood and the stones and the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Now, when the other people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Then Elijah said, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. So they seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook of Kishon, and he executed them there. So when I look at this, I say, Okay, if I want to pray like Elijah prayed, then what are some of the keys that I can see in this passage? Here it is. Base your prayer on the word. Base your prayer on the word. Elijah just didn't make up what he was going to pray, but it was based on the word. In fact, in Deuteronomy, he knew that it said, if a nation turns away from me, I will seal up the heavens and cause it not to rain. So he knew that. But he also, chapter 17, verse 1, gives us a hint. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand. That word stand is so important. It, it means more than just standing like this. It means that I'm hearing and I'm obeying what he says. There shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Elijah prayed a prayer based on what God was already telling him. He didn't just carte blanche say, okay, I'm going to get you right now. And for the next uh, three and a half years, uh, it's not going to rain. He was basing it on already what he was hearing in his spirit. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you reading? And God says, pray that. Pray the Psalms. Pray those verses. Pray those. So what do you say? Well, I'm not hearing anything. Well, then get quiet for a moment. Some people, their prayer is all a monologue. It's like informing God of what they need. Inform him and get quiet and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me? And when he gives you a scripture, then pull that scripture out and pray that scripture. We've got them outside there. We've got all of those scriptures that are out there that if you need healing, if you need whatever, you can pick that up. And you can pray that scripture. When I pray, here's what I say. Lord, according to the promise that you gave me in Isaiah 58, as we were looking at a few minutes ago, you said this is the fast to loose the bonds. And I've been feeling a little tied up lately, Lord. So I'm praying your word right now. I'm praying your word back to you. The scripture says, remind 
remind the Lord. Remind the Lord. Because is he absent-minded going through dementia? No. It's just that I remind him because what I'm doing is I'm reminding myself, Lord, you said this and you created prayer. And so I'm going to pray back to you what you said so that your will can be done in my life. That's what Elijah is doing here. Now he goes back and look at chapter uh, 18, verse 1. And it came to pass after three and a half years that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, go present yourself to Ahab and I will send rain on the earth. So he goes back and he shows himself to Ahab. And then the prayer we're going to look at in a minute, he bases that prayer on what God said to him, not what he's seeing, but what God said to him. By Christ's stripes, we are healed. I'm claiming that. I'm believing that. I still feel a little ache here. I mean, I don't feel an ache, but sometimes we do that, right? So what I'm going to do, I'm still going to base my prayer on what God's word said. God said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. I need help in my marriage. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put him first in my marriage. I'm going to pray for my spouse. I'm going to do everything that I know. And then I'm going to remind God, 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 I'm praying you, I'm praying to you right now that I'm putting you first and my marriage will be strong. Lord, you created marriage as, as, as a union that you created, Lord. And so I claim that claim. We pray the word back to him. Second of all, we need to be persistent. Say persistent. Look at this. First um, Kings 18, beginning at verse, um, oh, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Get up and eat and drink, for is, there is a sound of abundance of rain. Nobody else is hearing that. Where's Elijah hearing the sound? In his heart. See, when we prayed a few minutes ago that somebody's going to be healed today, somebody heard in your inner being, that's you. And then the Lord let one of our intercessors know, yeah, that's right for today. So what you do is that you're going to be persistent in your prayer based on not what you see, not what you feel, but based on what he has said in your spirit, what you've heard in your spirit, right? So look at this. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Carmel, the mountain, and he bowed down to the ground, on the ground, and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked, and there was nothing. And he said seven times, go again, go again, go again. And it came past on the seventh time. We're talking about be persistent with your prayer. On the seventh time, he said, look, look, oh man, there's a cloud, but it's only the size of a man's hand. <laughs> That's not going to work. It's, it's not enough. So, so he said, Elijah said, so go tell Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. And it happened in the meantime that the sky became black, the clouds and wind, and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab stood, uh, rode away to Jezreel. <laughs> I love this verse. This is one of my favorite ones in the Bible. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. He girded up his loins. In other words, the wrong robe he had on. He pulled it up here tight in his, in his belt loop. And he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Wow. Notice what he does. The King James says there, he bowed to the ground, but I began doing some research on that in the last months, and I really found that a better translation is he crouched down. He crouched down. Now, the position that he got in is so important. It's so important, and it makes sense. 
The position that he got in was the position of a woman in Israel that was going to give birth to a child. They didn't have a doctor's office they went to. There were no stirrups to put their legs in. Here's how they did it. They did what they call crouch down. They would take a wide position and they would crouch down just like this. They would put their head down and they would push and push and push until that baby came forth. That's the position that Elijah was in. He was in that travail position. Isn't there a scripture that says, when Zion travails, she shall bring forth? She shall bring forth. So what is he doing? He's pushing. And he says, go look and see if you see anything. No, Elijah, there's nothing. He gets back into the persistent, pushing, travail position to bring forth, to bring forth. And the guys say, oh, that has nothing to do with me. You ever study about seahorses? It's the males. It's the males that give birth. And look it up. It's good. We need a lot of men that will get in the travail position and begin to bring forth. We need to see victories brought forth. We need to see healings brought forth. We need to see God do some amazing things. And it happens when we get in that position and we say, I'm not going to quit until God answers this prayer. I'm not going to quit till he saves my kids. I'm not going to quit till God heals me. I'm not going to quit till America sees a revival. I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to be persistent. I'm going to get in a crouching position and I'm going to pray in that position. So I'm just saying, let's do that. Let's be persistent. Why, why did it take so long? Because the enemy was trying to hinder the prayer. But Elijah, remember, remember Daniel, the, the angel came to him and said, Daniel, from the first time that you prayed, the answer came. We sent the answer. But for 21 days, I've been battling the prince of Persia. Remember I talked about that last week? Strongholds. So sometimes we're in that crouching position and we're pushing, we're travailing, we're praying. And the enemy doesn't want that to come. Because if that answer comes to you, then it's going to happen to other people and it's going to be spread around. But I'm calling us as a church, let's get back into that old-fashioned travail and say there's something about it being persistent. And so, so all of a sudden, there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not much. Elijah said, look. I've been hearing in my spirit before you ever saw the witness of what I've been hearing. Some of you have been hearing things in your spirit that you haven't seen in the natural yet. I'm encouraging you to keep hearing those, keep praying those, keep seeing those, keep your vision alive for those things. And instead he told, he told Ahab, King, you better get in your chariot. Now, King, Ahab probably had at least a four-horse chariot, Right? And so here's four horses, you know, those things can go pretty fast. And here's the low, scruffy Elijah. He pulls up his garment, ties it into his belt. The hand of the Lord comes upon him. And what does he do? He runs like crazy, and he's able to even beat Ahab back to the city. I'm reminded of that scripture in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30, that says, Even the youth shall faint and grow weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint let's give the lord a hand clap amen amen wow so what are we to do let's touch heaven and let's change earth let's touch heaven and change earth what is that for you what does that look like for you what is it that while i was teaching 
the Lord renewed in you a heart that you had for something. Or you may be here today and you say, you know, Terry, man, I, uh, my communication with the Lord is null and, and zilch. I used to know him, but I've gone away from him. Or maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. People say, does God hear the prayers of sinners? Well, I guess he does because he said if we call upon him, we can be saved, right? We can be saved. But from there on out starts another journey of walking with him. Some of you are here today and you've wandered away from him. And you've, uh, you've looked at other people that would do the praying. But today the Lord is charging you up to renew your relationship with him. Or maybe for the very first time. Scripture said that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him, whoever believes on him. You see, my sins and your sins separate you from God. But Jesus came to be the bridge to take our sins and to pay the price so that we could have a relationship with Jesus. The most beautiful thing today could be this. If you came without a relationship with Jesus, that you leave knowing that he's your Savior that he forgives you of your sin, he gives you a purpose for living, and he gives you a hope for tomorrow. You don't have to be by yourself. You don't have to be by yourself. So I want to lead you in a prayer today in the house and those of you that are watching online. I want to lead you in a prayer. I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. Would you pray this prayer with me today? Father God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I confess that I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I confess today that you rose from the grave on the third day and you're living and reigning now. So be my Lord. Be my Savior. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.